We don't know what's going to come tomorrow. We don't know if that, that privilege and that right might be taken away. We don't know if maybe even we will stand before God after our death. We don't know what's going to happen. We need to be willing to worship him like we never have before, just, so that we, just while we have the chance to. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. And today we're going to talk about buried talent. Matthew 25. If you need a Bible, there, there's a few in the backs of the pews. If you would like to uh, grab one, you're welcome to, to read along. <laughs> and uh, Matthew 25, and we're going to start in verse 14. Verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more." His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance." But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable, unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So today we're going to talk about buried talent. And uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for this day and letting us be able to come into your house. I thank you for the blessing, God, of the youth that we have in this room. I just pray that you would touch their hearts today, Lord, that they would hear a word from you, that they would be able to draw closer to you or even uh, uh, have salvation with you, Lord, if they have not been saved, God. I thank you just for the blessing of the fellowship with our donuts, God. Thank you that we were able to do that today. Uh, we just never want to fail to give you glory and thanks for the privileges that you have given us 
as we come to church here, Lord. I pray that you will anoint every part of our lesson, Lord. I pray that you would just give me the words you want me to say and let me only be led by your spirit, Lord. Anoint all of our ears to hear what you would say to us, God, because I need to hear what you want said today as well, Lord. So let us all hear your word and so that we can go into a deeper relationship with you and a better understanding of your word and have knowledge about you, Father. I pray you will also be with the service as we go out into the sanctuary and touch all the teachers that are teaching right now, God, because this is your work. This is your kingdom. And so we want to be doing our best and doing what you would have us to do, Lord. Thank you so much. We love you and we praise your name. Amen. So uh, this parable is a parable that Jesus spoke. And uh, I don't know if all of you are familiar with it or not, but it is a fairly common uh, parable. I feel like I grew up hearing a lot about it. So you may be familiar with it, but if you're not, then basically uh, what is happening here is there's a very wealthy man. Christ is likening uh, the kingdom of heaven to this story he's telling. So he's kind of like, okay, this is kind of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he's telling this story. He's telling the story that a, a wealthy man, he, he came to his servants and he's like, okay, you know, I'm going to divide up my goods to you. And here in verse, verse 14, his goods here means possessions or wealth or property. So he's giving them his property so that they can take care of it while he is gone. He's like, here you go. I want you to take this and I, I want you to uh, be a good steward of this and do what you're supposed to do. And so one of them, he gives five talents. One of them, he gives two talents and another one, he gives one talent. And then he takes into consideration each servant's ability. And that's how he determined how many to give each one. So then right after he does that, he takes off on his journey. So he gives it to him and he leaves. Now, what is a talent? Um, a talent, as, as a child and maybe even up until recently, whenever I would think about a talent, I thought of it as like a couple of quarters, you know? Here's you, okay, here's you a quarter, and there's you five quarters, and there's you two quarters. It's kind of what I had in mind, because a talent doesn't sound, sound like anything that would boast of much. It sounds very simple, like a penny, you know? So, uh, but as I was trying to find out, I, I can't tell you exactly how much this talent specifically was worth, because it doesn't say whether it was a gold talent or whether it was silver talent. So, uh, Colt helped me, and we kind of did some math, and as best as we could uh, figure up is if the talents were gold, then it would have been, one talent would have been worth $2 million, a little over. If it was made of silver, then one talent would have been worth almost $24,000. Another person um, in my research, they said that a talent would have been worth the salary of 6,000 days of work. So what this man was handing them, no matter any of those amounts, because we're not sure how much exactly, but all of those amounts are pretty substantial. I mean, if somebody wanted to give me $24,000 to take care of while they go on a journey, <laughs> I'll take care of that for you, you know? 
even if it was just that. But thinking of that, what he was giving them wasn't just like a $5 bill. It wasn't a $100 bill. It was something of worth. It was precious and it was, it was worth a lot. It wasn't just something that was like, okay, you know, I'm going to let you take care of just this little bitty bit. I'm going to give you this large amount because I need somebody to take care of it and I trust you with this. So he gave one five, one two, and to one one. And so um, he was doing this out of his wealth and his property. He was dividing it up. And so um, Jesus, our Lord, is also wealthy. I wanted to read a few verses from Psalms 50. It says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. How many have heard, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills? People say that it comes from the Bible. That's where it's at. God owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. The next verse says, I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. It is all the Lord's. You may think that you possess something or something that is yours is yours, but it's all God's. He possesses everything. It is his. So, um, all is the Lord's and our Lord is wealthy. So, these talents, let's see here. Uh, also, I wanted to point out is that um, I've heard about this growing up, about being likened to a talent such as a gift. You know, because people say, well, you have a talent for playing the piano, Kyron. You know, you, you just have a talent for that. And so, that the way that that word is defined as talent, such as a gift, came from the scripture. And I never really realized that before. I just thought that, oh, you know, it's just a coincidence that the talent in the scripture is called a talent for the money. And then the talent that we call a gift nowadays is it's just kind of a coincidence. But actually, that word, talent for a gift, comes from the scripture. So people have probably talked about it for ages, about how... Um, uh, you should use your talents and not bury your talent, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, you should use your talents, and that has morphed into our word for a gift that somebody has or an ability that somebody has. It's now called a talent. So I thought that was fascinating that that comes from Scripture. Um, so first, the Lord has given us salvation, and that's what makes us his servant. If we have accepted Christ as our Lord, then that means he has become our master, and we are his servant. So uh, the first verse that we read talked about how this man was dividing the talents to his own servants. He wasn't calling in any new people. He wasn't giving them to somebody else's servants. He was giving them to his servants. So the Lord, our Lord, still gives out talents to his servants. And in fact, he thinks about them long before we are saved or even before we are born. He creates us with specific gifts and talents in mind for what he is going to call us to do when we surrender to him. So whenever you were formed in your mother's womb, whenever he was forming you, he was forming you with specific characteristics, specific abilities, specific gifts in mind that whenever you gave your heart to Christ, he would be like, all right, now they're going to use that talent for me. That's why I gave him that talent in the first place. He, he had all of that ready so that whenever you surrendered to him, he'd be like, okay, all right, we'll just go back to Kyron. All right, Kyron, I gave you the ability to be able to play that piano, and now I want you to do that for my glory. So this is what has been entrusted to us by the Lord. So what does it mean for God to give 
a talent to us. And a lot of times, like I've already expressed about playing the piano, uh, people refer uh, talents to musical abilities or a gift for playing sports or something like that. But today we're also going to look beyond that. We're not just going to talk about something that's a talent that you think you have, such as playing an instrument or, or playing a, a specific sport or maybe even painting or something like that. We're going to look a little bit deeper into that. Um, so I want to uh, read this commentary a little bit to you. It says, talent figuratively signifies any gift or opportunity God gives to men for the promotion of his glory. Everything almost that we are or possess or meet with may be considered as a talent. For a good or bad use may be made of every natural endowment or providential appointment, or they may remain unoccupied through inactivity and selfishness. So things such as time, health, vigor of body, and the power of exertion and enduring fatigue, the natural and acquired abilities of the mind, skill in any lawful art or science, and the capacity for close mental application, the gift of speech and that of speaking with fluency and propriety and in a convincing, attractive, or persuasive manner, wealth, influence, or authority, or even a man's situation in the church, the community, or relative life, and the various occurrences which make a way for him to attempt anything of a beneficial tendency. These and many others that can scarcely be enumerated are talents which the consistent Christian will improve to the glory of God and the benefit of mankind. So some of the things that it's talking about, even your position at school, maybe if you have a position at school or if you have a specific position in the church or maybe even in your family, maybe you're the oldest child, the youngest child, that, that position that God has given you is a talent for you. It's an opportunity for you to use it for his glory. All of these things that I named off, are you able to speak eloquently in front of people? That's a talent that you can use for him. Are you... Um, any, are you good at science? Are you good at, uh, are you able to endure? I love that. In, able to endure fatigue or be able to exert yourself. You guys are young. You don't really know. And even I don't know as much. We don't really know what it's like to be older and not be able to go and go and go. And then just experience such severe exhaustion because our bodies are still young. That is something you can use for the Lord. You can use that for him by working and, and exerting yourself and enduring that fatigue. So after listing those things, it's amazing to think of how much opportunity we have to use our talent for the glory of God and the furtherance of his kingdom. We have a chance all day, every day to use our talents for the Lord. Not just be, you can't, and like I was talking about, we're, we're looking deeper into it rather than just like a sport. Well, I don't have a ball game today. No chance for me to... Uh, uh, show my talent for the Lord. Well, no, because every opportunity is a talent for you, is, is, is an opportunity for you to further his kingdom. Even if you don't feel like you can do that much that is generally considered a talent that's needed in the church, because it seems like a lot of people can get put up on a pedestal, such as the preacher. He has such a gift for preaching. Or the worship leader. They have such a gift for singing. Or maybe the musician. Well, they can play so good, and so that is what they do. Man, that guy, he just takes up the offering, and he, he says the prayer so well, you know, that's just talent. I've got nothing to offer the church. Well, that is so not true. You guys have so much to offer. And so thinking of all those things that I named off, also, are you, like, are you easy to talk to? Can people come and talk to you? Can you talk back? Can you carry on a conversation? 
God can use that. That is a talent that he is giving you. He has given you the ability to be able to speak with people. Can you sing or run fast or play ball? God can use all of that. He has created you with every single person that would cross your path in mind. So think of that. Maybe he gave you just one specific talent. Maybe he gave you the the ability to play volleyball for the very specific reason that you would meet an opponent on the other team and you would be able to display a Christ-like attitude and lead them to Christ. That maybe that is the whole point he created you with that ability. That was the whole purpose. And, and he would do that because this is all about furthering his kingdom. He wants everybody to know about him. He wants everybody to be saved and be able to live with him forever. The quiet girl that sits in your class that needs a friend. He's created an ability in you so that you can reach out to her. Maybe the weird old lady that comes into your workplace that just needs to be loved on. He has given that, uh, that talent and that ability to love on people inside of you. The waitress that gives you your food that's having a bad day. He's, he's put a talent in you. He's put things in you so that you can be used to glorify him and to draw people to him. And as you use the talents that you are given, that he has created you with, you begin to grow in the Lord and he's able to multiply talents in you. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you could get up and speak in front of more than two people. Maybe you would only rather sit back and carry on a conversation. But as you use that talent for him and as you begin to minister and to, to try to draw people to the Lord, he begins to multiply that talent. And before long, you're able to stand up in front of 10 people and say, hey, I just want to tell you about the love of the Lord. And then they hand you a microphone in front of a whole stadium of people. And you're like, I can do this now. The Lord has multiplied my talent. And I am going to give glory to him for that. You are able to show him that you have gained more for his kingdom's sake. He invites you to enter into his joy when you do that. You enter into his joy. You can be encompassed with the joy of the Lord when you are operating in the fullness of what he has given you. He will continue to bless you. He will continue to multiply what he has given you. So now we are going to talk about the... uh, the slothful and wicked servant, the one that was given one talent and he went and buried it. So what if you decide to do nothing? What if you decide to sit by and let your talent remain hidden and you bury it like the third servant? While the faithful servants enter into the joy of the Lord, he is rejected from the Lord's presence. He is expelled from the kingdom of heaven and banished. Why? He, he was not done... He did not do any great ill doing. He didn't, he didn't commit a crime. He, was not, uh, he didn't commit offense against the laws of God or man, but he was cast out for neglect, for idleness, for omission of duty. And this is a very fearful thought. Spiritual indolence is as serious a sin as active witness, well, active wickedness, and meets with similar punishment. So you may... You may not think that you are doing anything wrong by sitting by and doing nothing that you, you know, by not sitting. We may think, well, I'm doing good because I'm not, I'm not doing anything bad. But if you are doing nothing, you will still be dealt with just as, just as harshly as those that are committing great wickedness. Because we see that right here about how Christ is talking about this unprofitable servant and he is cast out because he did nothing. Because he did not do anything to help the master. And, uh, 
On Wednesday night, for those of you that were here, Colt talked about how Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And uh, he read from John 15, and I'm just going to read verse 2 of that chapter. Jesus said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that he may bring forth more fruit. So every branch that does not bear fruit is taken away. When we are using our talents and multiplying the work of the Lord, we are bearing fruit. But when we bury the talent or the talents that he has given us, then we separate ourselves from our master. The man that buried his talent did it out of fear. So he separated himself from his Lord because uh, he was afraid. He had gotten a warped sense of his master, and his actions and words showed that. So we'll reread verses 24 and 25. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And the Bible says that uh, we know the Lord has perfect love. God's love is perfect, right? Well, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. If his, if his love for his master had been remaining, it would have been a perfect love. And he would not have been afraid because perfect love casts out fear. So it's showing, he's showing right there that he had, had uh, developed a warped sense of his master because he was afraid of him. And God is not, we do not need to be afraid of God. Colt talked about this uh, last Sunday or the Sunday before, and I just loved it, that God has not, we should not have the spirit of fear, but we have the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're not, we, we, we don't need to tremble in our boots again, uh, uh, about God and what he'll do to us because he is our father. He has adopted us. And he, he used the analogy that, um, is anybody in here afraid that their parents are like going to set them on fire if they do something wrong? I mean, I never had that fear. You know, if if you do something wrong to your parents, what is uh, your not necessarily your fear, but what you know will happen is that they will be disappointed in you. And that is enough for you to be like, no, I want to do what my parents say because I do not want to disappoint them. But you're not trembling and shaking in fear if, if what they have is a, is a godly love, of course. You're not trembling in fear of what they're going to do to you. And the same is with God. He has adopted us and we are his children. We do not need to fear him and what he will do to us. But what we, we do is we're like, okay, I do not want to disappoint my father. So that is, that is where that comes from. God never intends for the gifts that he has given us to be hidden and not shared with anyone. Over and over in the Bible, he commands us that we go and tell the world about the gospel. He always wants us to do what will bring him glory. And our talents being buried in a hole won't bring anyone anything good. So have you buried your talent? Are you sitting back and not glorifying the Lord with what he has given you? Whenever you have an opportunity to share the love of Christ, are you sitting back and just deciding, well, I, I don't want to do that. Let somebody else do it. I was hearing a lady speak, and she felt God, God told her to go and do something, and she was like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. Maybe somebody else will do it. So she started watching for other people to do it and got all excited because she thought somebody was going to, but then they didn't. And isn't that what we want to do? 
Oh Lord, let somebody else use their talent for that. That's too, that's too much work. That's too, that's too scary to actually put myself out there. Let somebody else use their talent for you. But the, then you are becoming like the slothful servant who buried his talent. You are starting to, to put in a hole what God has given you. So even if you only have one talent or five talents, if you've buried it and are not using it for the Lord, you are not helping the Lord's kingdom. So now I want to specifically talk about what if you feel like you were only given one talent? What if you feel like you have so little to offer? I don't have anything to offer the kingdom of God. There's, I mean, maybe I can, you know, do one measly little thing. If you feel that way, I'm, we're going to talk about that just a little bit right here. Uh, first, I want to point out, remember how much money the talent was worth. Just that one talent, if it was made of gold, was possibly worth $2 million. And so thinking of it in that sense, we should never view even the one talent that God has given us, the one opportunity that God has given us to bring him glory, we should never view that as something that's just tiny and small and something that, ah, I don't need that. That's, that's, not even, that's not even enough to bring one person to Christ. I don't know why God even gave me that. Well, then you are, you are looking, that at, looking at your talent in the wrong view. Just like I thought it was a penny or a quarter that a talent was. You're looking at your talent like that because what God has given you is precious. And he gave it to you for a purpose of winning souls. The same is with your talent. It's worth so much. Bringing a soul into the kingdom of God is of infinite value and is priceless. So let's keep this in mind. Let those who are entrusted with one talent only be specially on the watch for they are most exposed to the temptation of saying, we can do so little, we will do nothing. So if that is your feeling, I have so little, I will do nothing, then I just want to encourage you and charge you today to change that mindset because you will find yourself hearing from the Lord, you were slothful with what I gave you. You were wicked with what I gave you because you did not use it for my glory. You do not want to hear that from the Lord. And then also, this is the encouraging side of that. Keep in mind, the greatest things done in the church have been the work of those who had only one talent. We judge otherwise, I know. We see at a distance only high summits, only resounding names and prominent works. But look nearer. There, where only these were, nothing has lasted. That which constituted the form of and the immovable weft of the church in its greatest epochs were the obscure Christians, the heroes of silent love, the thousands of unknown ones whose names fill the martyrology of the first centuries. Yes, it is the common soldiers who win the victory in the great battles of God. So that's from a commentary. I have a few, several of my things have been excerpts from the commentary. But uh, what he's saying there is that while kind of I'll put it in our language a little better. While we look at the millions that came to Christ through the crusades of Billy Graham. Or we look at maybe the thousands that are ministered to through, through the uh, Christian artists, through the worship songwriters. We look at the thousands that are ministered to that, or even to the hundreds that Brother Brad preaches to. We look at that and we think, oh yeah, that, that's where it's going on. That's where all of the uh, soul winning is going on. But let us also recognize the silent people that make such an impact on just individuals or just families or at workplaces or just in their own small communities by serving Jesus with even their one talent. We can make such an impact for the kingdom of God by using even just one talent, by only talking to our close friends, by, by 
what we're trying to do with this small little youth fall festival. I hope we haven't built it up to be more than what it's actually going to turn out being. But what we're trying to do is use our talents for God's glory so that we can bring people into his kingdom, so that people can be ministered to and know who he is. We must go serve him and we cannot bury our talents. So today I just want you to consider that and to think about that. And we have some time, so uh, we'll play a song. And I would like, if you would like to pray or if you need prayer, we want to be here to minister to you. you have anything?